Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is a Royal Ascot preview, day five, the Saturday, the final day of Royal Ascot, and it's brought to you by Odds Checker, sponsored by Skybet. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert tipster guests today. Of course, we have Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding, but making his Odds Checker betting show debut, we have Sporting Life's Ben Linfoot. Good to have you here with us today, Ben. And for those who don't um, read your columns so far, sell it to us. Tell us what you do. Tell us how you got into racing and uh, and what we can find of yours up on Sporting Life. Yeah, thank you, George. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, brief introduction. I've, yeah, I've been at Sporting Life 15 years now. God, that sounds a long time, doesn't it? <laughs> and, uh, and, wrote, and wrote the value bet column for 10 years, which I passed on to a colleague, Matt Brattle, Rocklebank last year and he, he's, he's doing a great job with it but yeah I'm just still writing uh, as much about racing as I possibly can love the sport um, and uh, and what a great week with with Royal Ascot and I'm glad you've picked me for, for day five Saturday it's my favourite day I remember seeing Star Spangled Banner win the Diamond Jubilee and also I was there for Black Caviar as well so it's, it's a favourite day of mine, the Saturday of Royal Ascot, and uh, pl- plenty to look forward to this year. Yeah, absolutely. My favourite day as well. Some great memories of being on course or watching it in pubs around the country. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant day. And Andy, before we get into the racing, just to clear something up, because those regular watchers uh, of this show on YouTube will be wondering if you've moved house, given the different background <laughs> behind you. But it turns yeah. out you, you've just got life by the nadges. You've just driven down to the holiday home to watch the, the racing for the week. Yeah, I've decided to have um, a few days off, um, get away from... Uh, the Madding Crowd, which is our house, uh, we've got builders in at the moment doing a bit of um, work on on a on on the back garden, etc. Um, plus the fact, yeah, I mean, it, it's very time consuming this week. So every every sort of single hour, half an hour is very precious. So I, I took it on board to decide to come away on Monday and come down and relax here. Although the last two three days have been quite stressful with uh, <laughs> doing lots of previews and getting my column up on time. So um, this is yeah, the end it, of it. It was the right. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm home free after today. Exactly, exactly. Before we get into the racing, and just a quick word, because we're recording this at quarter past nine on Wednesday morning, nearly forgot the day there, um, which means the final decks aren't out yet for Saturday. We're going to do our best to go through it. Um, but we've got one day's racing to go off now. Um, what did we learn from that? And also from when we last spoke on Monday, has the weather forecast done anything to change the way you're thinking for your betting later on in the week? Yeah, it was a case of damage limitation, wasn't it, on the first day? Mm. Um, you know, lots of big price winners, managed to nick a few in the frame at half-decent odds, which stopped the bleeding a little bit. But um, high numbers very much dominated the first day. I presume they'll dominate the second day as we speak on the Wednesday. We don't know that for sure, but big feels looks that what, like that's the way it'll be. Um and then we're in the lap of the gods, aren't we, Thursday onwards? I mean, with the rain that's forecast, could be anything from 5 mil up to 20 mil, depending on which weather maps uh, you, you trust. Uh, and that's going to, you know, hop, offer up a whole new dynamic to not only Thursday and Friday, but obviously Saturday, which we're talking about. Um, you know, could it dry out by then? Is there going to be a little bit more continue of the rain? Who knows? So this day is very, very tricky to predict. Uh, three days in advance I'm getting that caveat in beforehand yeah fair enough Uh, let's get into the racing but before we do just going to point the listeners and viewers as ever in the direction of the odds checker app do download it now for the best prices best bookie offers the best place terms crucial for Royal Ascot where some firms are really sticking sticking their neck out and some of the very best tipsters in the game including Andy and of course Skybet do sponsor this podcast and video and they have some of the best enhancements and, and place terms you can find so make sure you do check Skybet 
uh, and their offers every day throughout Royal Ascot because especially yesterday I mean they were really sticking their neck out for some places and with the way that Andy certainly uh, looks to bet that's the way you want to be going to maximise your possible either damage limitation if things if you're not getting the winners or, or if not hopefully maximise your profit um, on then to the first race of the day and it is the Chesham where we've got Point, Lon- Point Lonsdale, who is the 11 to 8 favourite ahead of New Science at 3 to 1. Uh, Masakela, 6 to 1. Great Max, 12 to 1. Sweeping, 14 to 1. Reaching for the Moon, 16 to 1. 25 to 1 bar. And Ben, given this is your debut, it's only fair and polite if we give you first run at the first. Thank you very much. Yeah, the Chesham. Um, obviously, the race conditions changed, didn't they, a few years ago? And I think that that could be important. Obviously, it used to be just the Sire that had to have won over a mile and a quarter for, for you to qualify to, to run in this race. But now it's the dam as well. And I think those speedier sires might be beginning to have an impact. We saw Battleground last year, son of Warfront, won this race and he wouldn't have qualified a few years ago. And so it's 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 interesting. You look at um, horses like Masakela for Andrew Balding, who was really impressive on debut at Goodwood. We don't see too many Andrew Balding two-year-olds win on debut, do we? But we mm. saw Batcher Shadow win on debut at Newbury. And he came out and won the Coventry. And this Masakala looks a looks a good tool to me. He's his form was let down a little bit by the second, wasn't it? Golden War didn't run very well in the Coventry himself. But he's he's by one of these sires I'm talking about, a speedy American sire, El Kabir. And um he he could have too much toe for for a lot of his opponents on Saturday. Obviously, we've got to talk about Point Lonsdale, who was so impressive in Ireland. Aidan O'Brien came out and said he's got all the right stuff after he won by over seven lengths on debut. So I'm sure he's going to be dominating the market. There's plenty to talk about. New Science as well, that form with Reach for the Moon, who's in there. And the other one, which is fine for John and Tater Gosden, he was he was a bit further behind in fifth in that race. That could be a key form line as well. And I'd give a mention to sweeping um, for Archie Watson, the Siuni. Um, he was second to um, Debab who at Leicester. Mm. And I thought Debab ran all right in the Coventry. Um, and he's got, bit... got a few thoughts on Debab, I think. Well, it was a little bit unlucky <laughs> Just a few. in the run. Oh, God, yeah. Were you on him, Andy? I was. He's my, he was my, one of my biggest winners of the week, really, to be honest. I, I was fuming. Um, luckily, I managed to back it with a couple of times with, with, with firms who are offering six places, but it, it, it only papered over the cracks, to be honest. I mean, yeah. But I'm not saying he would have definitely won, but he was definitely up, gathering up a nice head of steam when he got chopped up and, and stopped in his run twice and then he finished very very strong yeah I think he would have been second at worst yeah so with that in mind that's a you know that's a key form line isn't it and sweeping uh, that was a nice debut in second to that horse so um, seven furlongs uh, son of Siuni could, could be ideal for him Holiday likely to ride so there's quite a few in there my, my selection would be uh, Masakela for, for Andrew Baldin and O'Shea Murphy I think he can step forward and if it does rain and it looking like it is going to be pretty significant rain um that won't that won't bother him either as a Kayla, six to one best price at the moment as it stands on wednesday morning for the first on saturday andy yeah just based on pure time figures this one's a fairly straightforward and boring selection but i think uh, as far as i'm concerned uh, point longsdale's probably the best hero we're going to see here this week um i mean he was absolutely breathtaking at uh, the cora but i've got the numbers to back it up as well i mean he was not only the, the the fastest time on the card, uh, or one of the fastest times on the card. I think there was a 
uh, group two contest for the older horses, which is slightly quicker. But in comparison for a two-year-old first time up against those older horses, he, he comes out really well on the numbers, particularly his back-end work from three out to the line when he really started to stretch and uh, drop his shoulder. Um, once he met that rising ground, he was devastating. Form's already worked out well. The I think the horse that chased him home won the other day at Gowron. So straight away, I, I know that that form line is, is as rock solid as... Uh, the visual impression suggested, but he's a monster. He doesn't look a two-year-old at the moment. You look him as well. You're physically, I'm sure the paddock watchers over there at Ascot on Saturday will uh, be blown away by him. Um, so he's a very, very good horse. It'd take a good one to beat him. In fact, I just don't think he'll get beat. Uh, New Science, on, in contrast, clocked a very slow time when he won on his debut. So the while we were raving, or certain people were raving about him visually, his numbers just don't stack up. Highly unlikely to follow in the hoof prints of uh, Pinatubo, in my opinion. But yeah, Point Lonsdale for me, best bet of the day. Point Lonsdale, best bet of the day for Andy. Gets it in early, 11 to 8. Should mention Sweeping, who did finish behind Dabao on debut, 14 to 1. And if, as Andy says, if you take New Science out, who's 13, suddenly that 14 to 1 could appear as an each-way angle um, at a decent price if you're not into backing 11 to 8 shots. On to the jersey now. Uh, the jersey stakes, the second race of the day, uh, and a, a bit more... Of an open affair, this rather than having a short price favourite, the top of the market, very open. Uh, Creative Force nine to two, Naval Crown five to one. That's best price with Skybet. Uh, Mustabek is eleven to two, Khartoum eight to one, Belosa ten to one, Vadrim, Memento, Magnanimous all ten to one as well. Tactical twelve to one, fourteen to one. Bar Andy, how are you assessing the the jersey? Yeah, I got quite a strong one in this one. Um, it just depends on how much rain they get. Um, might just temper enthusiasm slightly. Um, a horse called Ace Aussie. Um, I, I marked him off as a Jersey horse the day when he ran at Leopardstown back on the 9th of May. Uh, he was defeated by a horse called King, uh, Maker of Kings, but he, he nicked it from the front, basically. And Shane Foley was, was held up towards the back of the field, just couldn't get anywhere near the winner. But Colin Leopard, Keane, it was. Colin Keane, of course it was. Mm. You have a Joe Lyons. Um, and as we know, Leopardstown is very much a, a track where it's hard to make ground up in the short straight. He only got beat a length and a half, and I marked him up seriously off that run. But I just also felt that that mile trip just slightly stretched him. Uh, and if you go back to his previous run, um, he finished second to no one other than Poetic Flair in that um, Guinness trial uh, at the same track over seven furlongs uh, back in April. Now, that form line for me is easily, easily one of the best, if not the best form line coming into this race. Um, he also won over seven furlongs um, uh, previously as a two-year-old. Uh, on, on, you know, with, and he's handled a bit of juice in the ground. He, he's gone well on yielding ground, Irish ground. So, providing it dries out, it's not too bad. Let's say it's good to soft or something in and around that um, ballpark. I, I think 12 to 1 for Ace Aussie is massive. 14s. 14s, yeah. God, mm. yeah. Even better. 14 to 1 for Ace Aussie, a pretty uh, compelling case made there by Andy. Ben? Yeah, well, Godolphin have got a, a very strong hand here, haven't they, with, with Creative Force and Naval Crown. As soon as they, they finished in the Guineas, I thought Naval Crown was the obvious Jersey horse in that race. Obviously, um, he, he led that day, and dropping back to seven furlongs could be ideal for him. Um, the farm is obviously good, Poetic Flair and Lucky Vega. Showed that in the St. James's Palace on the first day. So he is an interesting one. But uh, Creative Farce, his form's very strong. He, he, he beat Parotto once subsequently. He beat Spycatcher in the free handicap winner tactical in the Carnarvon Stakes. He probably, I think he probably would have run in the Commonwealth Cup had he qualified. But obviously being gelded, he couldn't run in that. So they're having to step him up in trip to seven furlongs for the first time. Um, it's... 
on pedigree, he should be absolutely fine, shouldn't he, at seven furlongs. But he's, he's got to go and do it. He's got to go and prove it. So possibly fairly short in the betting with that in mind. Um, but he's got a, a lot in his favour. His half-sister persuasive, loved Ascot. And I'm sure he will like Ascot too. So he's got to be on, on your shortlist, I think, creative force. One other one I like is, is Belosa for Jane chapel Um She made all to win the listed Charles II second stakes at, at Newmarket. From a John Gosden horse in fundamental, and John Gosden was on a preview panel that uh, we were associated with Sporting Life. It was a racing welfare one ahead of Royal Ascot, and he said one of his bets of the week was this uh, Belosa in the Jersey Stakes. I think he thinks an awful lot of fundamental and couldn't believe that 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 she beat him so easily at Newmarket. So uh, another one to to consider for Jane Chapel High and me. In an open race, but but Godolphin's hand looks looks very strong to me, and I, I, st- I still look back at that guineas, and, uh, and my immediate impression was Naval Crown for the jersey, and I'll, I'll probably stick with that. Naval Crown nine to two favourite as it stands, below the ten to one best price. And Andy, just when you see horses with form figures of one one, uh, often interesting to get a bit of insight into the times behind them. How did you clock? I mean, I know you may not have it to hand, but from from your mind, how did you clock that? That Belosa win um, ahead of Fundamental, which John Gosden obviously um, clocked up as being an impressive run. Yeah, they've been very strong times. Uh, certainly the first one for the grade. Um, we got it doing, we awarded a time figure of 88, which wouldn't mean nothing to you if you didn't know our scale. But you're looking at group horses, group two, group one horses, that they usually um, above and beyond 95. So she, she has got to find a little bit. With the main players, so um, it's it's possible if she carries on improving. But at the moment, yeah, just a little bit to find. Maybe some more improvement to come. Uh, on to the Hardwick now, where we've got Broom is a seven to two favourite ahead of Hukum at nine to two. Best price, both of those with Skybet. Uh, Ilarab nine to one with Alasi. Uh, Japan ten to one. Tiger Moth ten to one. Logician eleven to one. Saron Priestley twelves. Mogul fourteens uh, sixteen to one. Bar Andy, I'll come to you first here. Alarcy hundred thirty forty one favourite with a couple of firms nine to one elsewhere. So you can probably assume, and I think on the exchange trading at about ten to one. So maybe unlikely to run here. It's a shame he, he isn't going to run. Um, obviously they've got Hookham in the race, the same connection. So that looks the plan. Hookham's very much been uh, targeted at this race by Owen Burrows. Um, and also, Alarcy, of course, had a very hard race in the Coronation Stakes, as we know, mm. only 15 days ago. I think William Haggis is quite sensitive without, you know, with his horses. He kind of doesn't overface them either. He's not that kind of handler. Uh, he's very uh, sympathetic. So I, I don't think he'll, he'll turn up here with, with Alarcy, which is a shame because I think on form he'd have a great chance. Uh, we'll get on to Hookham, who's obviously a course and distance winner. We, we saw him perform uh, to a very high standard when he won here last year. The King, that King George handicap is always a good race. He's, he's graphed this season. He's going in the right direction. He needed the run first time out, which is to be expected from a big, stuffy, gross horse uh, on ground. That would have been probably a little bit too lively. But he got the juice in the ground last time out. Uh, and he was quite impressive, wasn't he? Mm. Um, I do like the horse a lot. I think he's, 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 he's of a sound mind. He's honest. And I think you're pretty much going to get a, a, a massive run if you back Hookham. I, I think he's a kind of horse if you back each way, you think, well, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my money back if there's three and four places on offer. If there's, There might just be a, a, a superstar in there that might just be good enough to beat him, but he's he's, he's definitely, the, for me, the, the solid one of the race. I, I'd certainly make a case out for Real Arab, who, if the rain comes, well, that'll also favour that one. Again, I'm not sure what William Haggis's running, or running plans are. He's, he's on an upward graph, and he always looked as though he is going to make a group horse, even though he's been... Uh, winning handicaps um, and brushing aside slightly inferior opposition. 
Broom's obviously in great nick um, over in Ireland and, and he seems to turn the corner this season. My long-term pro- plan for this race or project for this race would have looked really good with the rain for Alba Flora, but Connections went a runner in the Coronation Stakes, which worked to a degree. She finished fourth and accredited well one at that because she tried to chase the pace. But again, I think Rafe Beckett might not necessarily come here, having had a brutal hard race 15 days ago. Um, again, I don't know the ins and outs, whether that comes in or not, but... <sighs> I'm annoyed that she ran in that race because I thought she would have been a real good bet in this one because that's got suited at the time before. So, in short, yeah, I think uh, Hukam would be the uh, the most solid one out of all those that I mentioned. Hukam at 9-2, to two, as I say, best price that one at the moment with Skybet. Uh, ben, how are you seeing the hard work at the moment? Yeah, Andy summed it up quite well and it's very difficult to decipher who is going to turn up here in the, in the, in the hard work stakes. It would be very un-William Haggis-like, I think, to... To run a Group One horse in a Group Two, 15 days after he's been beaten in a in a Group One. But I did my overriding impression after Epsom was this is a Group One winner in waiting. It's probably going to be in the King George, possibly. Although there's some some right horses going for that race, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> if O'Brien. Yeah. So I doubt Alalsi will turn up. Another one who we don't know who's got a quick turnaround is his highest ground now. So Michael Stout's got a fantastic record in the Hardwick. He's won it 11 times and. And this Frankel Colt looks to have turned a corner with a tongue tie on, won, won nicely at Leicester, but that was only 12 days ago in a small small field race. And if he turns out quickly, I think um, he's the sort of improving older horse that Sir Michael Stout does so well with that could that could, could play a hand in a hard wick. Um, but again, 12 days, Sir Michael Stout, I'm not sure if he'll make that turnaround. And Mark Johnston, talking of trainers with a good record in this race, Mark Johnston used to farm this race, didn't he, 20 years ago? And you look at Fruits of Love, Zindabad, Bandari, and his Saron Priestley. Saw him at Newmarket early in the season. I was surprised he ran at York in the Yorkshire Cup, I must admit. But um, he's another one that's really dangerous if he if he's let loose on the lead. And I think you can forgive him his, his run on the Knaves Mare. I think he's better than that. And and back at a mile and a half with a, with a little bit of cut in the ground, he... He could be a dif- difficult one to, to peg back if he turns up and, and runs his race uh, like he had been doing earlier in the season. So, yeah, a lot of uh, imponderables, really. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd want to cut <laughs> up a selection at this stage in the hard way. Uh, I, I, I you... Another one with, with good cast form, isn't she? Who, who would yeah. love the rain. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll wait till till final declarations and, and see, who, uh, see who rocks up for this one. If I gave you a free bet, and I'm sure you haven't been given a free bet for a while, uh, what would be what would be your, your selection? I'd go with Saron Priestley. I just think he can bounce back from from that yard run. And we, we see Matt Johnston horses in and out of form all the time. And I think it was a rare blip for him. And uh, back over a mile and a half, I think he's got more, more to offer. So we'll go with him in thinking that, you know, the, the William Haggis and the Michael Stout horses probably won't turn up. Saron Priestley, 12 to 1, best price at the moment, the selection for Ben Linfoot there. Uh, On to the Diamond Jubilee, uh, the fourth race of the day. And Starman is the 11-4 favourite ahead of Dream of Dreams at 9-2. Nahar, 6-1. Kate Byron, 11-1 with Art Power. Royal Commando and Glenn Shield, both 14-1. 16-1 bar. Andy, Starman bounced back in impressive fashion last time and looks a worthy favourite here. He does on form, yeah. That's um, Duke of York. It's... uh... At York is always uh, a race um, that sets you know the kind of like tone for the rest of the season in in this division. Um, he's always looked a good horse, and his star man ever you know ever since he you know he won 
on the weather at Lingfield, he always looked as though, certainly physically anyway, as he was going to make into a, a Group 1 horse. And, of course, last time I proved that. Um, but the, this, this, I think this race is more ground-dependent than any on the day. He very much wants good ground, I think, at worst. Good to soft, just about might get away with it. But if it got any worse than that, I think his chances will be uh, seriously compromised. And at five to two at the moment, he's not the kind of I want to be back in anti-post. I think I'd wait to see nearer the day where they got involved in him. I can't see him shortening up anymore. I think he'll, he'll only go one way in the market. So at the moment, I'm going to be concentrating on horses that have got soft ground and course and distance form. Nahar's definitely uh, top of my shopping list. Um, he chased Amsterdam last time at York, proving himself in that grade. He's proven over the track. Uh, and his air goal cup win, of course, um, also suggests he wants a very strong women race with a bit of give in the ground. Um, he's been targeted at this race. Um, dream of dreams, you know, he's another commendable horse at this level. He, he's, he was unlucky in this race last year, beyond Hello Yum Zone, but given soft ground, we know what he can do. Um, he's had a park sprint win, suge- uh, tells you that. And you know, let's not forget Glen Shield as well. He's, he's very much going to be the unheralded horse again, but as we saw towards the back end of last season in October, he's as good as any at, the, at this level. And again, he's crucial. He's a course and distance winner. Um, and if the, if the rain came, 14 to 1 could look big for him. Obviously, I've, I've mentioned probably the, the ones that everyone are look, everyone's looking at. For the, for the value seeker, there's no doubt in my mind that Glen Shield's the one that's overpriced. But I think Nahar, he's, he's ready to make a breakthrough at this level. Uh, and he could turn the table rise on Starman given um, softest ground. Ben Shield, best price, 14 to 1. Nahar, 6 to 1, best price with Skybet. Uh, ben? Yeah, um, obviously, Oxted boosted the Duke of York form, didn't he, with mm. uh, winning the King's Stand. Um, I'd throw Kate Byron into the mix when we're talking about horses that like Ascot and like a bit of Dig as well. He's obviously a working winner and bounced back to form last time. Um, I think it's quite an open race. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a fantastic renewal of the Diamond Jubilee by any means. Starman and Nahar are probably the ones that everyone's looking at that could make that step to, to group one level. I think they deserve to be where they are in the market, but they've sort of got to go and do it now. And always with that in mind, I always think there's a chance for a punter to strike at a, a biggish price. One on my radar, and he, he might be ground dependent and he might not want the rain. But I'll mention him anyway. He's Garrus for Charlie Hills because he's a dead interesting horse who beat Kings Lynn, um, giving him a lot of weight earlier in the season in that Newbury race that came from the dark one. That looks really good for him. Um, he ran well in the Palace House as well with Arachiba behind who was second in the King's Stand. And crucially, he is massively unexposed at six furlongs. He ran in it a lot when he was with Jerry Menesida in his youth. But um, Charlie Hills has almost exclusively campaigned him at five. And I think stepping back up to six is a, is a big positive for him. And a, and, a, and a small field, soft ground, three-runner affair at Windsor last time behind Dream of Dreams wouldn't have suited him at all. But I think he's much, much better than that. And if everything dropped his way, he could run a big race at 40-1. to 1. If they had a lot of rain, I would be less keen on his chances, I must admit. But I thought it was worth a mention. Yeah, 40 to 1 there. Best price for Garrus uh, at a massive price. Beers on you, Ben, if that one comes in, I think, from the listeners and the viewers. Um, but yeah, certainly an interesting looking one there for the Diamond Jubilee. Uh, on to the Wokingham, where Kings Lynn is the 8 to 1 favourite, who we saw, of course, running yesterday in uh, in the Queen's Colours. Uh, talk about that in a second, because it looked like a fairly unlucky uh, run for Kings Lynn. Chief of Chiefs, 12 to 1. Rohan, 12 to 1. As Pendleton, Boardman, 12 to 1, 2. And Chilchill. 14 to 1 fresh and Bielsa, 16 to 1 tis marvellous, 20 to 1 bar, 
Ben, we'll stick with you here. Um, obviously, we don't know whether or not we'll see Kings Lynn pop up again, um, but f- fair to see why um, why it's top of the market. Oh, they've got to be tempted, haven't they? They've yeah. got to be tempted. Really unlucky in the Kings stand. Um, Ashim Murphy took the brave man's route towards the stand's rail and just got blocked off a couple of times at crucial moments. And he looked to finish full of running. And he's a horse that has uh, already proven himself over six furlongs. Um, he'll be getting in here off a mark of 100 under a £5 penalty for his Haydock win. He was already rated 107 going into the King stand, so put him up a few pounds for that as well. I mean, he's, he could be 10 plus, almost a stone well in, and uh, that's got a tent connections. I'm sure the Queen's rubbing her hands have been there. <laughs> <laughs> so well treated heading into a prestigious handicap like this one. So if he runs, he's going to make the market, isn't he? He's going to be a short price favourite. Look, even even if he is so well in going into a Wokingham, it's a quick turnaround. And I think I'll be backing one against him each way. The one that I like is Tis Marvellous um, for Clive Cox. A lovely horse, good attitude, a nice mover, loves Ascot. Got form in this race, has come back down to a... A, uh, you know, a, a mark that he can. We know he can run well off. He's he's been fourth in a Wokingham off ninety nine. He's won at Ascot off marks of a hundred and a hundred and three. He's been second in a Wokingham off a hundred and one, in which is the the mark he's rated now as well. And uh, he looks to be coming back to a bit of form. So I think he's around sixteen to one, and I'd, I'd take on Kingsley in each way with him. Andy, um, yeah, it's a bit of a. Conundrum for, for Andrew Bolden, isn't it? Because mm. he's got the long-term anti-post fake for this chill-chill. And he's also now got a, a Johnny-come-lately in in, um, in the horse. Ben's already flagged up Kings Lane, who ran a, an amazing race. You know, for Mark of 100, he, he looked particularly well handicapped. Um, but look, it's a strong position to be in, isn't it? He'd rather be in that position than not. The ground's very important for chill-chill. Um, a horse that likes to hear it's who's rattle. Um, she was very, very good on the clock and, uh, at certain, a new market last time out. That form is pretty good in the context of this race. And um, we know she's got Ascot form over the course and distance as well. So that's a big positive for, <coughs> excuse me, big positive for her. The one I quite like in this race um, is Pendleton, however. When he ran here early on in the season, he just got nutted by uh, deep close called Fresh. He travelled extremely strongly. But that exuberance that he exhibited that on that occasion just cost him because it was his first run for 560 days. He was entitled to get a bit tired, but his run style that day, i.e. forcing the pace and being on the sharp end, as I've talked about time and time again, is not necessarily the way you want to be at Ascot. You want to be coming off the speed. You want to have horses like Oxted who don't get involved in the pace and then charge through at the end. He was given a little bit more of a circumspect ride next time out at York when he came through strongly and won over five. I think he's better at six. He won't mind digging the ground. Most of his career... Best performance of, of come with digging the ground. He's a he's a course winner. He beat come from the dark came from the dark here um, a couple of years ago. But the key or the crucial factor for him is if Callum Rodriguez a for first of all gets a good draw. But if he does get a good draw, is to get some cover and to ride it with a bit of restraint. I think if he tries to do what he did at the first first meeting here um, back in May, he'll struggle. But if he if he does drop him in, um, he'll be coming home as strong as any. I think he's got strong form lines as anything. Um, so yeah, Pendleton, a fairly confident choice to run his race there. Pendleton twelve to one there for Andy and Chilchill twelve to one as well. So the same price for those two selections. Interesting to see what they do do with Kings Lynn. Um, On to the Golden Gate Stakes. Just two more races to go. Absolutely flying through them today. 
Um, we've got uh, Al Fardell is the six to one favourite ahead of Fantastic Fox at ten to one, Siskiny ten to one, First Light ten to one, twelve to one, Sarumi and King Frankel fourteen to one, Seaset and Visualization, Baton Rouge, River Olwen, loads of others, Dubai Honor. Um, Andy, we'll stick with you for this one here. Um, how are you seeing this unfold? Oh yeah, I love this Alpha Dell. Uh, I think he's a proper horse in the making. Um, if he would have been in any of the group races, pattern races at the festival, I would have been wanting to get with him. The fact that he's in a handicap of uh, 98 is even more significant for me with regards to having a decent bet. Uh, obviously, he's got to prove himself in this environment, which he hasn't done before, but he's handled fairly biggish fields, tight turns, such as Chester when he won. I thought he won with a bit in hand at Chester and I thought his performance at Lingfield last time I was standout. I, I put up Sarumi on my column. Sarumi got an uncontested lead from the front. He set reasonable fractions. He kicked. He looked as though he got the race in safekeeping. And then along come Alpha Dallin, absolutely breezed by him. His back-end sectionals were 22 and change, um, thus putting some substance on why the, re- the reason why Sarumi got absolutely overhauled in the latter stages. And he hit the line very strong. And I just thought to myself, wow, that is a really good horse in the making. He doesn't mind a bit of giving the ground either because Chester was good to soft. So if it is on the easy side come Saturday, he'd be absolutely bang on either way. So providing he gets a good draw, I'd be very keen to get with him. The other one I'd mention favourably as well if he runs here is a River Alwyn. I'm not sure whether he runs early on in the week or not. I can't, I can't remember if he was in the, the King George. I'll have to refresh my memory. But uh, he's jocked up to, up to run here with Jamie Spencer on board. He took part in that London Gold Cup, which... Um, has already begun to work out well. Um, King Frankel, who finished second, should have won at Epsom the other day, but obviously uh, chucked it away through lethargy. And um, the, th- the fifth horse of uh, Andrew Baldwin's won at Sandown the other day. Um, but that was a very strongly run handicap. So the stronger the pace, the better Riverlau want to be suited. And he also doesn't mind a bit of digging the ground. So Alpha Dow would be the number one choice, but I'd probably put a little sneaky little half a point each way up on River Alwyn if he runs. Yeah, Alphadel is, uh, yeah, I'd say best price six to one and River Alwyn 14 to one best price at the moment. So, Ben? Yeah, I think Alphadel has to be on, on everyone's shortlist. I'd be a little bit more sympathetic to King Frankel's defeat at Epsom than Andy. Um, he, I thought he reared in the stars that day and, and just that really put him on the back foot from an early stage. But the way he finished his race, you have to think that running at Ascot is going to be much more suitable for him. And like Andy said, he comes from that excellent London Gold Cup form, which could well be boosted by the winner, Bay Bridge, who I think runs in the King Edward the Seven Stakes on Friday. So King Frankel is one that I'll be looking out for in this race. And also C-Set for Richard Fay. If he gets in, I think he needs a few more to come out to, to get in than the racing horse. But he just bumped into one of uh, Roger Varian's, didn't he, at Haydock. Rodenborg? That's the one, Mm. yeah. I think he bumped into a very good horse that day. And he's improving fast, C-set, and and going up in trips going to help him as well. So if he sneaks in towards the bottom of the race, he's going to be on the shortlist. So C-set and King Frankel are on my radar. C-set, 14 to 1 best price as it stands. King Frankel, 12 to 1, so 4 Interesting selections at decent prices from the two guys here for the penultimate race of Royal Ascot at the Golden Gates. And then on to the lucky last, not of the day, but of the whole festival. And this is where it gets a little bit trickier to work out who's <laughs> going to be running where, because we've got a couple of a couple of runners from from yesterday's card who might feel like they fancy another crack at getting a Royal Ascot win. Um, 
But going through the market, we've got um, Stratum at 11 to 2 alongside Falcon 8, uh, who are joint favourites. Mirando at 7 to 1. Barbados at 7 to 1. Master of Reality, 7 to 1. MC Muldoon, who has just, just touched off yesterday, is currently still in at 8 to 1. The Grand Vizier at 10 to 1. Cape Gentleman, who was an absolute smash up job for Emmett Mullins, who uh, ended up having to come from pretty much last to finish fifth in the same race, is 10 to 1 as well. Staghorn, 10 to 1. Saldia, again, another one who is well backed, um, who didn't justify the market support, 12 to 1. Who dares wins, 12 to 1. And I'll come to you first here. I mean, looking at this, it's impossible to guess whether or not these horses are going to turn up again, but you can probably assume that if they do, they're probably going to be well supported again. Unless there's something physically wrong with them, I can't believe that they won't roll the dice again with both Cape Gentleman and MC Mildoon because they both had the kind of races to suggest that they might have just a little bit more lead left in their pencil because it was a very tactically slowly run affair. And they basically just sprinted off the home turn for three furlongs. And given where they were, they were just both caught with their trousers down. And look, they're over here already. They've probably gone somewhere, you know, a box somewhere. So why, why not roll the dice again? Um, both prove that they handle Alaska. Both prove they're in good nick. And both set of connections clearly fancied their chances the other day. And they've, they've come unstuck. So there's a, a chance for retribution, isn't it, of some description. So I, I'd be surprised if either don't turn up. But either way, I, th- I do think Falcon 8 probably holds the key to this race um, based on his Chester Cup win. First and foremost, he proved that he gets a strongly run two mile two, which he's obviously got to be factored in, you know, in this stamina sapping event. Plus the fact that he did it under nine stone uh, 10 as well, top weight. I thought it was a Herculean performance. Presume that Frankie will be looking to get with the horse again. I mean, he's got he's got a real touch of class, this fella. Um, you know, he ran well in a group one over in France, didn't he, uh, a couple of years ago. So he brings a whole shed of class into the race and th- there's just no... Um, sort of frailty in his frailties is in his makeup, as far as I can see. Ground doesn't matter what ground it is. So yeah, he he looks the one at this stage, despite those uh, compelling claims from the refugees out that to ask sake sakes of the day. Yeah, Falcon eight eleven to two best price as it stands. The one for Andy, even if the other two um, from the from the other from the big uh, national hunt Irish yards do turn up. Um, Falcon eight the one for Andy for Dermot Weld. Ben? Yeah, office claims for, for Falcon 8, really like the horse, and um, he uh, he looks another top stair for Dermot Well, doesn't he? Uh, Stratum, I think, has been pointed at this from a long way out. We know what he can do over marathon trips, this as ROH winner. Um, I would think he will be willing Mullins is number one, but Mullins could run a handful of horses in this race, and even Saldier, he was just outpaced wasn't he on uh, on Tuesday off the bridle so early yeah he was off the bridle with about six furlongs to go but he, he you know he punched on quite well was only beating a couple of lengths in the end and you mm. have to think that all right he had quite a hard race but stepping up in trip to two and a half miles plus is he's going to be very much in his favor if he comes on from that run on Tuesday he could be a player as well but yeah difficult to see who's going to turn up Falcon 8 looks the class horse Willie Mullins has got a strong hand Stratton looks his number one. Stratton 11 or two, as I say, joint favourite with Falcon 8. And that brings us to the end of this Royal Ascot preview. Before I let you guys go, um, I'm just going to ask you for your nap of the day. I'll give you a minute or so to think about it, but coming back to you in a second for your best bet. But in the meantime, just another reminder to do uh, to download the Odds Checker app. It is the one place to go for best prices, best bookie offers, free bets, all the best place terms, absolutely crucial. And as I say, make sure you do check out our sponsor Skybet because they do really stick their neck out, giving you extra places for so many of these races at Royal Ascot. 
Uh, and of course, the best tips as, as well, where you can find Andy Holdings tips straight to the app every morning before racing, not just during Royal Ascot, but throughout the season. And also make sure you check out Ben's column uh, over on Sporting Life as well for his tips every day of the week. Uh, ben, coming to you first, what's the best bet of the day for, for Saturday, Royal Ascot? I'm going to go with an old favourite of mine. Tis marvellous in the Welkingham. I think he's he's well handicapped again now. He loves the cars. And uh, yeah, 16 to 1, he looks a good each way. But so he's my, he's my Saturday nap. Tis marvellous for Clive Cox. Tis marvellous, 16 to 1 best price for the Wokingham Ben's nap. Andy? It all depends how, how you interpret it, really. Best bet of the day or banker of the day, if you like. If, if you said to me banker of the day, I'd say Point Lonsdale. But I don't think he's the best bet of the day because he's 11 to 8. Um, I think the best bet of the day um, at the price is, I think, 14 to 1 for Ace Aussie in the jersey. Mm-hmm. I think he's overpriced. I think he'll be single-figure prices come Saturday. We'll take that as two naps. I think that's where we'll go for it. And then you can. Oh well, you've got one win, one each way. There you go. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you very much, uh, Andy and Ben, for sharing their insights today. And Andy, thank you very much. You deserve that holiday. So I hope you enjoy the racing. Yes. I'll go down to the beach later. Perfect. (laughs) Great stuff. Uh, Yeah, do check out Skybet for all their offers and and their enhanced pace terms and other things all the way through Alaska. Please do do download the Odds Checker app. You can find every single day's preview. So if you're watching this and day three hasn't happened yet, then do go back to the Odds Checker YouTube channel and subscribe there and you can find all of our previews or any podcast provider as well should have them there. Hopefully we flagged up a bit of value here today. So please do enjoy the rest of Royal Ascot and please do gamble responsibly. 